one of those Washington, D.C. stories that hit last night. Mueller will has been subpoenaed, and he will testify. Oh, oh, what, is it? What, is it? what is it, July 17th? But what's interesting about this one is both Republicans and Democrats are excited about it. Mm. Think, think it's going to be their opportunity to... Well, it's the first time that I think the Republicans have had a real opportunity. I don't know if they're going to get any answers, but to look into the, how did this all get started? The steel, yes. the steel dossier, everybody knew it was crap, So, but you use that to get warrants to spy on people? Or mm-hmm. how, how did that whole thing work? Yeah, and, and honestly, I kind of like the question, at what point did it become obvious that there was no collusion with the Russian government? And how many months or years after that did we continue to uh, bandied about in conversation when you knew it, there was nothing there? Right, right. Yeah, And, you know, the Democrats will hammer hard on the obstruction of justice thing. The, yeah, they're going to try to get him to say that if he were uh, not the president, he would have been charged with obstruction of justice. Right. Or how many of your uh, your lawyers thought it was obstruction of justice? You'll get that a lot. Old man Mueller has been absolutely unequivocal in saying, the report is my testimony. I have nothing else to say. Although we'll he, see. Although he came out and did that little, well, it wasn't a press conference. He didn't take any questions. He came out and did that little thing that muddied the waters more. That rather statement, than, yeah. Then cleared them more and, and seemed like he was trying to insinuate some things, but wouldn't say them out loud. So I don't know what's going on there. First, we, we should play this. This is Alan Dershowitz, the Harvard Law professor that always weighs in on these <laughs> kind of things. Remember, he's a Hillary. He was a Hillary Clinton supporter and voter. Um. But he uh, he's a law professor, and he tries to call it the same way, no matter who's uh, who's who's on the right or wrong end of, of the discussion. But here's what he had to say about the whole thing. What's shocking is that the Democratic majority is asking the special counsel to violate the Justice Department rules regarding prosecutors. Prosecutors are bound by Justice Department rules and tradition never to say a word Beyond, we have decided not to charge X, not to charge Y. That's why Comey was so justly criticized. He said we've decided not to charge Hillary Clinton, but what she did was extremely careless. That deserved criticism. And the Democrats are now asking Mueller to do the same thing, to commit the same sin that Comey committed. If Comey's smart, he will submit to the subpoena, and he will say Justice Department rules and the presumption of innocence and the way prosecutors operate for centuries precludes me from saying anything beyond that we have made a decision not to charge the following people. We've made a decision to charge. We made decisions previously to charge the following people. And I will answer no further questions. And if you insist, you can take me to court. And the courts will, of course, back Mueller. What they would do is criticize Mueller if he went beyond that statement. He, he said Comey, but he meant Mueller, obviously. And um, so there's a possibility, like you said, that, that, that he follows that advice. The, the media gets all geeked up for this, just like, you know, it's like Cohen and Barr times 10 Oy. with excitement media coverage and everything like that, and but, Mueller just says, I'm not going to say anything beyond what's in the report in that period. But the coverage is the key. The, the Democrats, and arguably the Republicans, because of the angles we discussed uh, earlier, will already have won, because <clears throat> as a congressman, I'm not going to say, uh, what do you think about obstruction of justice? I'm going to say, with all of those cameras rolling and al- allegedly all the eyes and ears gathered, 
I'm going to say there were 10 examples of the president clearly obstructing justice. Clearly, anybody else would have been thrown in jail, but Donald Trump remains free and a menace to women and girls everywhere. Do you agree, sir? And he says, I'm not commenting on that. doesn't matter. It's out. And Lindsey Graham. strong statement is out. And Lindsey Graham will say, you knew early in this investigation that there was no collusion between the president and Russia, and yet you let it hang out there in the media to be batted around as a political football for a year and a half. I have no comment on that. No, I didn't. (laughs) Doesn't matter. Lindsey got what he's doing. I would thank you if you're making up a Lindsey Graham quote to do his voice. I declare. (laughs) Thank you. Ah, so, yeah. I mean, eh, it's a campaign event. Okay. For the Democrats primarily, obviously, they call it. I don't know. You know how it is, though. You keep pushing somebody, and they, uh, they say a little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. And then it's, you know, then because he said a little more during that press conference. Right. Than what's in the. Yeah. In the report. Yeah, he did. Like you said, it, it felt like he wanted to insinuate something, but didn't want to come out and say it. There was a bit which of Which is a, always delightful, like in real life when, you know, your wife's sister says, well, I, uh, I think that's a lot of, a uh, lot of money. I just, uh, what are you trying to say? Nothing. Just seems like a lot of money. <laughs> Robert, don't be that person. <laughs> and that is kind of the way it was. Just I don't know. Seemed like a lot of obstruction going on. Well, are you do are you saying you would have charged him if he were a private citizen? I, 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 it's not. You know, I'm not supposed to go there. Just it's not for me to say. Awful lot of obstruction there. It's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, that is kind of the way he's handled oh, it. So. That'll be great. <laughs> I, I tell you what, man. I I flip on the CNN, the MSNBC. It seems like not only every day, every segment. They're still talking about yeah. impeachment. Even though the ratings have plummeted on MSNBC yeah. with that topic, but they're, yeah. they're hanging with it anyway. Yeah, I just, I don't, uh, maybe they don't know what else to do, or or they realize that, okay, we're down to the hardest of the hardcore. These are our only viewers. Well, I If we change up the game plan now, we lose them and rebuild from nothing. And I know what happens a lot, because we're in the media, even... If, if all their friends are talking about this in their minds, this is what everybody's talking about. Yeah. If all of them are sitting around, uh, you know, the fancy bar in New York are talking about this every night. We do have Lindsey Graham on this. We might as well hear from it now so we don't have to revisit this topic again later. Bottom line is, uh, after all you're looking and all the time you had and all the money you spent, did Trump uh, collude with the Russians? No. Do you stand by your report? Yes. Uh, did you turn it over to uh, the attorney general to decide about obstruction? Uh, and the attorney general said I did, and I'm not going to revisit it. So it is case closed for me. So they can do anything they want to in the House, and I think it'll blow up in their face. So both sides think this is going to be a great day for them, which is kind of interesting. Okay. We'll, we'll see what happens. Super. See if it moves the needle at all. Give me like a 24-hour notice that is about to happen. <laughs> I mean, the, the yuck yucks of cable news will be jawing about it from now, you know, until that, the moment it starts. But I'm sure with a, like a 15 minute heads up, I could get <laughs> myself accordingly. Yeah, exactly. could be. Oh, that's today. OK, great. Super. So that's that. Oh, you know, we got to talk about speaking of politicians is uh, old Duncan Hunter. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yes, we got to do this story. Congressman, San Diego area. Uh, huge story in San Diego. Um, but but all around the country, if you're not hip to this, he got uh, accused of all sorts of campaign finance violations, 
Turns out he's half a dozen kinds of a pig. Yeah, and we now know why his wife turned on him. So the details on that coming up, it's really quite a story. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Mark Twain said that, or Abraham Lincoln, or Plato, or or some blogger. Spider-Man. Ask the internet. It may have been Spider-Man. So you got this Duncan Hunter. He is a congressman from the San Diego area. His dad was a congressman, same name. Duncan Hunter, he's a military guy, handsome. And, um, you know, for those who don't live around San Diego, the it's a, it's a big military town. There are bases, there are a, a, a fantastic hospitals, there are all sorts of things, and military's held in high regard. I'm and, just a fan of congressional seats staying in families, period. I just think it's fantastic. Absolutely. Boy, and if you got the same name, that's even better. Reminds Nepotism. me of the days of kings. Oh, those were good times. Uh, I'll tell you this. Here's, here's an A and G principle: respect people in the military, but don't worship them. If if absolute power corrupts absolutely, don't be worshipful. Be respectful. Same with cops. Same with you know anybody, uh, especially politicians. So uh, I'll bring you up to speed on the Duncan Hunter story. Turns out this guy was allegedly spending his campaign cash on. I'm looking at the various headlines from the uh, the fabulous San Diego Union Tribune. Um, used it to spend on groceries, on gas, his kids' school lunches, nail salons, dentists, vacations, booze, first-class tickets, a surf shop, a new garage door, video games. I mean, the list goes on and on. Essentially, oh, the Cuban cigars. Um, essentially... His campaign money was his personal piggy bank. Right, he got somehow, little by little... Got so far off track that he just got so cynical about the world, I guess. That yeah. You're, you're donating money to my campaign so that I can get reelected to do the things you care about. I'm just going to spend the money on a lavish lifestyle. Right. And, and, and he and his wife were so on the financial edge, even while draining his campaign cash for their own pleasures, that they, they had like 1,300 overdraft notices or something like that from their bank. It, it, was it 1,100? It was over 1,000. Can you picture that, my friends? Uh, many of us have had financial troubles, or we were young and poor at one point. Maybe maybe we thought we had more money in the bank. You get two or three overdraft notices. You say to yourself, we really got to fix what we're doing here. This guy had, you know, four figures. Anyway, so all this comes out. He gets accused. He gets indicted. All He throws his wife under the bus, or so it seems. He says, yeah, yeah, she was my uh, campaign finance manager, which is true. And yeah, it was her. And we all reacted like, whoa, dude, you don't throw your wife under the bus. What, are you going to make her go to jail? She's the mother of your children? What kind of dude are you? Well, as it turns out, uh, she will be uh, she will be assisting the prosecution, having pled guilty to a charge or two. At least in part, it would seem, because old Dunkey Hunter was also spending his campaign cash on all of his lovers, including his live-in lovers in Washington, D.C., as wife and mom remained at home writing checks that there was no money to cover, apparently. 
Yikes. So the uh, indictment lists individuals uh, 11 through 15 or something like that, all of whom are his lovers, staffers, house leadership people, lobbyists. Escort. Uh, Some of the congressional aid stuff could become a, a Me Too problem. I mean, it's not like he's going to get to stay in Congress anyway. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, but um, he, he might have some, you know, additional problems. Right. You know, it, it's all consensual, but, you know, according to the modern doctrine, if he has power over her, it can't be consensual. Right. And it probably violates some uh, some sort of guidelines. Boy, taking your 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 congressional aide, young hottie girlfriend, on a vacation, yes. paid for by uh, supporters. Well, and moving in with her <laughs> while your while your wife is part of the whole scamming people out of money with you. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, hard to say what's going on it's there. It's possible. It's possible she didn't really know what was going on. She might not have been paying that much attention to how the money comes in and out. She's just. You know, she just uses her credit card to buy stuff, goes on trips, whatever. She doesn't know where the money's coming from. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I think a lot of that will come out when when the uh, sentences are actually handed down and everything. But She so, wasn't paying close enough attention, obviously, to the account to see you 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 plane tickets for two to go to, to go skiing in Colorado. I, I, who, was, who was the other one? It wasn't me. Right. Well, isn't one of his defenses, look, my personal credit card's blue, my campaign credit card's blue. Sometimes I pull oh, out right. the wrong one. Right, right, right. Oh, That's a good it could one. happen to anyone. But so <laughs> so he's living with this gal. Here's Married folks, this is for you. You and your sweetheart, you're going to get away. You're going to have a little uh, weekend together, a little recapture the romance. I think it's a wonderful idea. I think you should do it. Uh, well, Donkey Hunter does this with his, uh, his girlfriend, who he's living with in D.C. They uh, head down to Virginia Beach. And spend apparently nine hundred and five dollars in campaign funds for the hotel bar tab and room. Uh, Thousand bucks, yeah, a four hundred and fifty-five dollar hotel bill for all three nights using campaign funds. Uh, it's actually not a terrible rate in Virginia Beach, especially in the springtime. Although it doesn't say how recently this was. So he probably used TripAdvisor or something and got a good decent rate. But then he broke for the up squandered with her. money of his supporters. Right. Right, exactly. Hotels.com. Um, yeah, so then he broke up with her and then took up with an employee of house leadership. Um, that lasted a while, may have overlapped with that individual 15, individual 16. I like this um, one. During a weekend ski trip with a lobbyist, his bank account had a negative balance, and he got hit with a $33 overdraft fee six times that weekend. Yes. So this girlfriend who thinks you're a big swinging man, now you're the man, you got power, and you got money, yes. you're taking me on this ski trip, you're, I'm who you really love, not your wife back home, who's a terrible person, I'm sure, according to his stories. Right, she doesn't um, understand you. While they're on that ski trip, he's overdrawing his account a half a dozen times. I mean, he's barely got any money at all. That's something. Wow. Who wants to live that lifestyle? That sounds so stressful and miserable. Unless you're a sociopath, which he very well may be. Unless you're a sociopath, I would think the pressure and the guilt of it would just eat you alive. I'm cheating on my wife. I'm cheating on my kids. I'm cheating on all my constituents who give me this money. I'm I'm broke. I don't actually have this kind of money. Every drink you buy at the hotel is further into debt I'm going. Right. You're getting your card rejected, so you got to hit up lobbyists to give you more cash that just makes makes my stomach tighten up on his behalf yeah how do you live like that yeah. well you might be a sociopath yeah, well, yeah just you, get used to it. you get used to it 
people are looking at you like you're cool and you're having fabulous sex. That's all that matters. Yeah. 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 What, fun a, while it lasted. what a scumbag. How many people? Allegedly. In, how many of the 435 in Congress live kind of similar lifestyles? Oh, I don't know. I don't think they're like this. 87%. No, <laughs> stop it. Uh, there's a, there's there's uh, there's more than one. I well, guarantee you. I, well, I will tell you this: if uh, uh, this guy, come, come on, on, I'm not going to throw out any really, names. He's really really good at it. I'm not going to throw out any names, and I don't mean broke, but just the girlfriends and the spending money. Oh, and stuff that? Like that. Yeah. Oh. Um. Uh. We know one high placed one. We've sure. heard the stories. We know people who know the stories. Right. <laughs> Bernie. <laughs> yeah. If we Bernie. wanted to say the name, I'm sorry. I just didn't know. It's Bernie. Well, actually, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> His, his wife with suspicious loans and this sort of thing. If you expand it to how many of them have wives, sons, daughters who are kind of uh, consultants with murky duties, but drawing high salaries, or they make photocopies once a month and you call them your communications director. If you expand it to that, I would say, yeah, it's, it's in the 80s. Wow. 80% percentage. Wow. What's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Al Trump, Iran, tough talk and tweets continuing. We got a new budget office warning America heading toward a fiscal cliff and robots on the march taking aim at your job. That CBO report should be the only thing they talk about on the stage tonight at the debate. It'll be interesting if it comes up oh, once. Please. Will no, it no, even come no. up at all? Armstrong and Getty. things in the news we need to pass a law where we can only have like one one and a half big stories at a time right you can't have a ran and the debt and a debate two newses per day that's plenty for everybody and the Mueller investigation you can't have all those at the same time i read a uh, great article by a guy who's talking about his original boss in journalism can't remember who it was doesn't really matter but this guy was a big editor at one of the the big super big newspapers right. so i think it was washington post and he referred to an individual news story as a new. News is plural. We have the news in the newspaper. Uh, John, I need you to cover the new coming from the Capitol about the debt. So if you told me, did you see the Duncan Hunter story? Yes. Did I'd you, say, you see the new about Duncan Hunter? I, and I would say I haven't seen that new. Correct. Because it's a singular yes, new. That is correct. <laughs> I would respond differently. I would respond with a roundhouse kick to the torso. <laughs> oh boy! And uh, no say, need hey, for violence. Here. Hey, uh, no, no need for making up words that don't mean what they originally mean. And evidently, they teach everybody on nakedly progressive radio NPR to say news, news. I mean, they really. And there's this one gal. It sounds like she's saying knees, but at the very end, at the very end, she says knees. <laughs> I mean, just slips that W in at the end. Uh, what's the story? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. News now with Marshall Phillips. Well, the war of well, words. We'll see. I mean, it might be just one new. <laughs> the war of words between the White House and Iran is continuing. While President Trump adamant that sanctions are the way to get Iran to comply with American nuclear demands, the Iranian President Hassan Rouhani saying the White House is afflicted by mental retardation. You're running a theocracy, which is an idiotic form of government. How do you like that? President firing <laughs> off a series of tweets saying, Iran leadership doesn't understand the words nice or compassion. They never have. Sadly, the thing they do understand is strength and power, and the USA is by far the most powerful military force in the world. 
Trump going on to add Iran's very ignorant and insulting statement put out uh, today only shows that they do not understand reality. Any attack by Iran on anything American will be met with great and overwhelming force. In some areas, overwhelming will mean obliteration. Who, who's uh, who's that aimed at? Do we have an idea? I mean, the whole we've got the strongest military in the world is a little like uh, what we say about, you know, who's the Navy SEAL in the bar? The guy that doesn't say anything about being a Navy SEAL. I mean, right. Does the United States need to say out loud to anybody we're the most powerful military in the world? I, it's hard to imagine somebody who's not up on that, <laughs> you know. But so, but, so since the president did say it, is the message for Iranian leadership? They don't need to be reminded. Is for well, and there are back channels. You can say specifically to uh, the supreme leader, "Hey, listen, that's your one strike. Uh, next damage to our equipment, we're going to take you out." But okay. is it to the the people of Iran? Does he want them to get the message somehow? Hoping it seeps through to them in the is it streets. To the people of America, can he just not help himself? I don't know. It's, I mean, all of that's undeniable. But oh yeah, yeah, I don't know. And do you think, you mentioned theocracy, do you think those people at the top are true true believers in the whole, their religion and all that sort of stuff, or are they just dictators under the guise of that religion? That's an interesting question. I don't feel qualified to answer it. Yeah. We have actually, uh, in a different hour of the show, we're going to talk to one of our all-time favorite guests, uh, Faisal El-Istrabadi, who oh, um, our, our listeners uh, enjoy, too, very much. He's... Right. He, he uh, was one of the writers of the new Iraqi constitution. Guy's plugged in, so we'll talk to him. I'll ask him. The nation's federal debt is now projected to balloon to unprecedented levels over the next 30 years if lawmakers fail to change the laws. That's the Congressional Budget Office's new report. It says without action, we are headed toward a fiscal crisis. As it stands right now, the national debt is the highest since right after World War II. It's forecast to be 78% of the gross domestic product by the end of this year. In 2007, it was 35% of GDP. And if things continue unchanged, the CBO is predicting debt to reach 144% of GDP by 2049, the most ever in history. Now, and if you're not hip to this, the, the Congressional Budget Office, they're, they're, their goal is to be nonpartisan, is to just put out numbers. They're not always accurate. This stuff they're probably fairly accurate on. Right. Like the projections yep. of the cost of health care and stuff where there's a bunch of variables. But on this one, they're probably fairly accurate because we've been heading this direction for a long time. Here's the question. Uh, this is m- maybe the most important thing going on in America. Almost certainly is the most important thing going on. Clearly. Uh... Will it come up in the debate at all? Will the whole debate be about who can we give what? How much do we give to which group? Right. And never get around to, by the way, we're going broke and we're not going to have money for any of this soon. Right. Yeah. I'll be, if, if it doesn't come up in the debate at all tonight, which would be, I'll bet you a hundred bucks it doesn't. What a joke well, it is. And I think it's worth repeating what you said last hour, which I thought was so uh, well put, that the last time the debt was at this level, it was after the catastrophe of World War II. Right. In which there was a fight for the soul of humanity and, and just uh, tens of millions dead. It was the greatest catastrophe on Earth since that big uh, the, the meteor wiped out the dinosaurs. So that's why we accumulated that debt then, and it was all paid off. This is purely self-indulgence and irresponsibility. Got us to this point. I mean, it, it, it's astonishing. We have equaled the level of debt of World War II merely by being irresponsible. 
as a country, as a people, as a political system. So it's like... And nobody cares. So it's like you got your family into $30,000 worth of credit card debt over a medical emergency years ago. Mm-hmm. Finally dug yourself out of that. Right. Got back into a $30,000 credit card debt. But this time it was just eating out and trips. Yeah, now and we... You think we're, we've done the same thing again. Well, now we know we can get out of it. So it's okay. <laughs> well, here's the deal, though. Right. In, in bankruptcy law, you can't saddle your children with the debt. I mean, can you imagine how soulless and immoral would it be to you just to continue to eat, drink, vacation, buy new cars every two years, the rest of it, knowing it's unsustainable and knowing your children would have to pay the bill? Those, You'd be I, a pretty awful parent. I would beat those people down with my fists just out of pure indignance. And that's what we're doing as a country. And again, nobody cares, so I'll be quiet now. Sorry, folks. Sorry to have wasted your time. A new report is saying that robots could take 20 million manufacturing jobs by the year 2030. The report that was released today by Oxford Economics predicts machines will displace about 8.5% of the global manufacturing workforce over the next decade. The report is going on to say the move to robots could generate new jobs, though, as fast as it automates them and lead to a boost in the global gross domestic product. I heard a report on this early this morning, and they didn't even mention that there could be jobs created by robotics. You know, it's funny. You think you accumulate a little wisdom in life, and and you understand how things work, but I am still completely mystified by the question of will the uh, artificial intelligence and the robots do what every single technical development in mankind has done, which is created new jobs eventually? Or will it be what people predict, the, the great job killer of all human history? And it's it's not a... It's a, not a inconsequential question. Yeah, oh, no. A straight-up trade, either. It's not like these, these new jobs that are created by the robots, the people who got displaced, they're not going to be the ones that are working at these new right. jobs. Right. Oh, yeah. There, 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 there will is be enormous a, dislocation. Yeah, there's dislocation. There's a, a Band-Aid ripping off portion where a lot of people are going to get screwed out of a lot of, oh, yeah. you know, You're a truck driver. Jobs. You're a truck driver. Now they got automated cars or whatever, automated trucks. So you become a robot programmer. Probably it's not. Easy. Probably yeah, yeah, not. Just, yeah, just all of a sudden just take take those courses. Yeah, it's, it's, it's it, right. it, arms balance over a long enough timeline. I think it'll be a net positive right. for jobs, but people are going to get displaced. And there are plenty of people who think you're wrong. It will be that pain plus just for the rest of all time. Right. No need for humans. Why or how long, I should say, how long will we wait before we kill the robots before they kill our jobs? <laughs> will we sit back and let the robot war commence as we sit in our, our comfy chairs? And how do you kill a robot with a hammer? Do you shoot it? Depends on the robot. Hmm. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Sneak Who's got up, a hammer? Sneak up behind it and garrot it? Again, depends garrot on the robot. Oh, that's it's like gonna, the, the choke rope yeah. thing, right? right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a piano wire. Yes. Wow. The yes. tone of voice there was a blood curdling. <laughs> you hate to have your blood curdled, don't you, robot? Well, yeah, I, I hope I live long enough to see this, I think. Unless, I ought to write the idiotic script. Unless the, there's a revolution in the streets because half the country can't get a job because there's nothing to do because the robots are doing them all. Right. Everything from checking you out at the grocery store to stocking the shelves to driving the trucks around right. to doing all the paperwork 
to doing the the minor legal stuff, everything. To yeah. stamping out the we don't have job riots. The, the <laughs> robots are going to be doing it all. Exactly. Right. right. Now, listen, I ought to write the apocalyptical uh, novel, but I'm a bit of an underachiever, so, underachiever, so if you'd like to, go ahead. Um, here's the problem. Even if the AI and the robots and whatever other developments come down the line, uh, even if they produce so much economic efficiency that there's lots and lots of money floating around. This is the socialist idea, which is doomed, always doomed for a couple of different reasons. But so much money will be created by that. You can just hand it out to people um, and and they'll be fine. There will be plenty of food and, and housing and clothing and the rest of it because there will be so much money washing around created by technology and the robots. Here's the problem, though. You'll have billions of people on Earth living lives completely devoid of purpose completely devoid of any need to accomplish anything or reach goals or whatever. It'll all just be pleasure-seeking and leisure. Yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> and, and what's the not awesome part of that? Yeah, I'm the, <laughs> waiting for the downside. Well, my Seems foolish, like a wonderful bridge. foolish, <laughs> foolish friends, triple foolish. It's rare. It's like the four Pinocchios. Rarely do I call someone triple foolish. Oh. My triple foolish friends, that will be a, a world with ugliness you cannot imagine. You think the suicide rate's high now. And that's if... They figure out a way to feed everybody and everything like that. Right. If that, if that doesn't work That's out. That's the right. good scenario. Then you right. got no purpose and no food. Right. Which is a recipe for a pretty ugly world. New purpose. Find food. Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, there, you know what purpose is today? Yes. Eat there something. Yes. Now I have a reason to get up in the morning. Yes. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Lemonade is still illegal. When you sell it at a lemonade stand, what could be the problem? Oh, right. Fines, fees, and other bureaucratic baloney. Oregon wants kids to get a temporary restaurant license and pay a not-so-temporary fee. Cha-ching! Georgia, they need a business license, a peddler's permit, and a food permit. What's next? Hairnets? Oh. In San Francisco, kids need a peddler's permit and license that cost over a thousand bucks. Thank you, California. It's time to legalize lemonade. Where to start? Here. Contact your local rep. Spread the word. Use word of mouth, social media, facts. Whatever it takes to get lemonade legalized in all 50 states. Take a stand for lemonade stands. Find out more on how to change laws in your state at CountryTimeLegalAid.com. That's interesting. So Country Time Lemonade will pay permits, fines for kids' lemonade stands across That's the country. Move. Smart move. Smart it, business. It's smart. And I appreciate the libertarian message. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I told a story. Uh, a just, peddler's fee. Peddler's permit. Peddler's permit. Are you a, pe- a peddler? I'm uh, a second grader. <laughs> uh, Look, in 99% of the cases, they're going to be there for a half an hour until they get hot or tired. They're going to sell two cups of lemonade right. to the neighbors or their dad. And then that's the end of it. Well, not if we catch them first. <laughs> God, I, I despise the modern nanny state. So uh, I told a story of, of this buddy of mine. He He's long dreamed of opening a business, and he had a pretty, pretty strong idea. He was moving into an existing building, 
making no meaningful alterations that would affect anything to do with the city it was going to be in. It was in corrupt California. But, um, and the city uh, inspector guy says, uh, yeah, it's uh, $60,000, uh, the fees. And he's like, oh, my God, well, then we're dead. We can't open. We can't. We're already stretched. And the guy said, could you do uh, 35? Yeah, I've had I've had shakedown. What planking shakedown? Yep. I've had people with that exact same situation. Be ashamed of something happening to your brand new business. Open said a, the government. Open a business, and when they said they just couldn't afford it, and we're gonna like we're gonna I guess we're gonna have to try a different town. Okay, it's all of a sudden forty thousand dollars. So it's just what you can get out of people. Yeah, yep. That's a nice system. All to keep us safe. Listen, I I know this is one of those moments when my kids were little. I miss my kids. I'm glad we stay in touch. Glad we have a great relationship. But man, we had so much fun. Anyway, um, sitting at the dinner table, this is when uh, one of my kids, generally Caitlin, my oldest, would say, "Here he goes." <laughs> the government has become its own most powerful lobbyist. It is such a powerful interest group that the government petitions the government to grow the government, and. And if you can't guess how this one comes out, the government says, why, I think we can do that for you. It's become a self-perpetuating fraud, abuse, and oppression machine. And I just, it sickens me. So I brought up the idea uh, to a lawyer the other day, I won't mention who, uh, to a lawyer the other day of, um, I gave the example we talked about on the air. So there's a commercial on television where a woman in a flying squirrel outfit is flying around downtown San oh, yeah. Francisco. That was Yeah, that was and, the, the and, Joe Getty $50,000 challenge. And what was the warning on the bottom of the screen? Do not attempt. Do right. not attempt to fly through the streets of San Francisco, in and out of porticos, into buildings and out of them in a squirrel suit. And while it's, flying squirrel suit. While it's funny, the depressing part of it is the lawyers told them they needed to put that on there or they right. would get sued if some woman tried to do that. Because somebody would be able to claim that they, you know, you know the crap, yes. and it's it's the it's the it's the nine hundred different warnings on a ladder and the pages and pages of crap and all this stuff costs you something. Right. All of this stuff costs. It's why your ladder costs more. It's why everything costs more. All this crap. It's why your school fun fair doesn't happen anymore. They can't afford the liability insurance. It's why yeah, my kids can't play in the playground if it rained the night before. You got to stay off the grass. I mean. All that stuff that just makes me insane. Right. I asked this smart lawyer, is there any chance of this going back? And and he said, you know, I can't come up with a legal way in which it would ever go back. I mean, from a, from a legal standpoint, how mm. it would ever go back. Only a cataclysm. You know, a complete tearing down of the whole society through... through right. Through there would have to be a society-wide... We don't have time for that anymore. Because there's an existential threat, or something but but it like would that. have to be horrific. Like you, you wouldn't, you would don't want to live through it. Yeah. Like like one out of three people are dying disease, or we're actually invaded by another country, or something right. horrific. But right. no, there's there's no what if there's it's Canada? There's no mechanism for it to go backwards. It's only going to continue to go the direction it's going. You know, it reminds me of the science of aging, which is depressing, man. It's really depressing. Oh yeah, and that's why we're here, folks. Hope you're enjoying it. <laughs> Good morning. God, what a piece of crap. Who would listen to this? <laughs> Seriously, what's the matter with you? I kid. We love you people. So uh, it uh, reminds me of the science of aging. What causes aging? Well, time. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> but no, when you get down to the on the cellular level, I mean, what they're discovering is astounding, and they're thinking they can reverse at least some of it. Uh, we'll see. But I can't. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I remind myself all the time when I'm getting uh, agitated about stupid stuff, you're grinding down your telomeres, or however you pronounce that, um, telomeres. Uh, 
But anyway, how does a society age and, and get so fat and bloated and stupid it dies? This, this is how. I mean, it's tough to observe on a cellular level. You have to be smart and have a microscope. But this is easy to observe. This is how a society becomes less innovative, less um, productive, less exciting, less fun, the rest of it. You just, you know, you go from being a dynamic young woman going out to take on the world. Like, you know, the for older uh, listeners, the introduction to the Mary Tyler Moore show or throwing her hat in the air, and it's ready to take on anything. You go from that to a bitter old hag as a country who just sits around saying what shouldn't happen and who's a, who's a bad person. Right. And it just, it's, it's, it's a shame, especially when you happen to live in the most dynamic, intelligent, creative, successful young woman or young man of a country that's ever been created. And it's getting choked off. It's extra sad. But it gets choked off, and you're going to hear a lot of this kind of talk tonight in the debate. It gets choked off by this hope for utopia. We're going to avoid anybody ever having an accident or getting hurt in any way by not letting kids play on the grass after it rained, or putting 900 warnings on this ladder, or all this crap. Right. We're going to tell you how to do everything. We're going to take everything from you. We're going to give everything to you. And that will be a utopia. Well, okay. Good luck. Yeah, we'll see if they Fight it! Fight it, my friends! Fight it! (laughs) Armstrong and Getty.